Welcome to episode two of the Dirty Mark podcast. Uh, we'll start with Rich Swan has signed with Impact until 2021. Um, he has said that he thinks that with WWE dominating and AEW coming up and Ring of Honor and New Japan in the background, that he thinks that Impact is underrated at the moment. And I'd agree with him. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit later about the Rebellion pay-per-view, uh, which I only just got around to watching today. Um, but I thought it was great. Um, anyway, so Rich Swan, he was great at Rebellion. I'm really impressed with him. I never really liked him in WWE. I saw him at a couple of pay-per-views and I thought he was eh. Uh, but I've really liked him in Impact. I was not thrilled when I heard that he'd signed with Impact, but I really like him. I think he's good. Uh, I'm not such a big fan of this current feud with him and Sammy Callahan. I mean, they've had some really, really, really good matches together. The Rebellion match was very good. Uh, but I just think he's better as a fun face rather than this dark and moody tweener, I guess. I guess he's a tweener. I'm not quite sure what he's supposed to be right now. Um, but unfortunately, Willie Mack has also signed a long-term contract with Impact. Yay! I made it pretty clear last week that I don't like Willie Mack. I don't. I don't think he's a great wrestler. I don't think he's. Uh, he is awful in promos. He, his promos are terrible. When you can't do a good promo with Killer Cross. Jesus Christ. Um. Uh, next, Ken Shamrock wants to fight Brian Cage for the Impact World Championship. My initial reaction to this was, take my fucking money. And I know Shamrock is getting on a bit now. Uh, and he was not exactly a spring chicken in WWE. Um, I don't know exactly how old he is, but I would say he's got to be 50, early 50s, mid 50s maybe. Um, so yeah, uh, him versus Brian Cage in his prime, maybe it won't be great, but I hope that they could pull something off. I would hope that Shamrock could do something. Um, yeah, I really, really hope that this happens and this gets pulled off because I think it would be fantastic and I think the fans would like to see it too. Uh, next. Rohit Raju almost got fired for his tweets to Scarlett Bordeaux. I thought this was hilarious. If you haven't heard about this, so Rohit Raju tweeted that he thought he was being underused by Impact, that he hadn't been on a pay-per-view uh, in the two years he's been with the company, was getting no merch sales, and then Scarlett Bordeaux is allowed to come in and do her smoke show segment on the pay-per-view and people and he said that she was a joke and people started attacking him for this and apparently some of the knockouts started attacking him for this on twitter so he called uh i can't remember what the exact word was it was something very old-fashioned like hussies he called the knockouts hussies something like that 
or loose women or something like that. And uh, he called the fans that had attacked him social justice warriors. And anyway, this led to Ed Nordholm, the owner of Impact, um, saying that he should be fired. Until uh, Scott Demore came in and was like, no, no, this is part of an angle. They're supposed to be going at each other. Don't fire him. He's doing a great job because you bought into the fact that they're having a go at each other on Twitter. And all I can say is, well played impact. If you pulled this off to such a degree that the owner of the company didn't realise this was a work shoot taking place on Twitter, then fair play. And Rohit Raju has actually come out and defended what he said, saying that he thinks that the women's, the women's division in Impact is great. He's right. Uh, but he said that it was his personality turned up to 11. Uh, he also came out and said that he didn't think the Desi Hit Squad were being booked as a serious threat, which he's also right. And he said he thought they'd been booked as a threat to begin with, but they weren't right now. And I disagree with that. I mean... From what I remember, when TNA went over to India as part of their tour, they were threatening Rockstar Spud. So that's not really that's not really a threat. I know they were talking them up as a threat, but I don't think they really got into anything major. Certainly nothing memorable. So yeah, I don't know. I'm. Um, I agree with him that the Desi Hit Squad should be a more intimidating thing. Hopefully, they'll bring in Shearer and they'll be taken seriously because they will do something serious with Rohit Raju and Shearer. That's the way I hope it happens. Okay, next. James Storm has joined the NWA. And my first reaction was, why? I mean, does anyone actually watch NWA? And I am not taking away from they are a really important promotion in the history of professional wrestling. I know they are. But I had to look up who even wrestles for NWA right now. Because the only person that I knew wrestled for NWA was Nick Aldis. Um... I didn't know Sienna wrestled in NWA and was their women's champion. And I follow her on Twitter. So that tells you how great they are at getting their stars to use social media. Um, I didn't know that they were working with Ring of Honor. So that's good too. Um... I, 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 the last I'd heard about NWA was that Billy Corgan had bought them and to be honest I think that kind of made me not want to watch what they were doing because I pretty much in equal measure loved and hated what they did with TNA under Billy Corgan's quasi-leadership 
Um, yeah, I they did some really good things. I mean, Decay were amazing. I love the fact they were using actual music in for wrestler entrances. I mean, I'd never heard the Nobodies by Marilyn Manson until I saw Decay. And there was a lot of other music that I discovered through that. But they also came out with a lot of awful stuff while Billy Corgan was there. Um, so, yeah. Uh, let's see, what's next? Um, fans started an argument on Twitter with Gail Kim about whether she'd retired or not after her match at Rebellion. And I'm going to side with Gail Kim, and Gail Kim said, who cares? And largely I agree. I mean, basically the argument went, how many times is this you've retired now, Gail? And Gail was like, that's once because I never retired before, and now I'm retired again. Or, no, that she'd retired before, but she had come out of retirement for a one-off match and was no go now going back to being retired. She had not come out of retirement full-time, then retired again. Um, but I agree with Gail. Who cares whether or not she's retired? I mean, nobody gives a shit that Ric Flair is like, I'm retired, I'm leaving, I'm retired, bye, I'm going to bye, I have a retirement match, bye. And then pops up in another promotion, which is normally Impact or WWE. Um, I mean, he had a retirement match in WWE, went to Impact, and had a retirement match, and then went back to WWE. But everyone cares when Gail Kim comes out of retirement for a one-off match. Okay. Um, Say so with Terry Funk. I mean, that guy retires as many times as he puts on clothes. Ah, Mick Foley. Or Shawn Michaels. I agree with Gail Kim. That if you enjoyed the match, great. If you didn't enjoy the match, who cares? Um, okay, so I think we'll move on from that. Because that was just a weird one. But I just think... Fans getting into arguments on Twitter with stars about storyline is stupid. I mean, if you don't like them, you don't like them. If you're going to argue with them about storyline, really? Um, up next, Brian Cage got injured at Rebellion. Uh, he says it's infl inflammation and it may be a small fracture, but he doesn't think he's going to be out long, if at all. Which is good. Um, to me, the low point of Rebellion was Brian Cage coming out wearing his Terminator gear. Um, because I thought it was awful. It was really bad. Um, I just didn't like it at all. I, I mean... My wife watched half of Rebellion with me, and she was there saying, Oh my god, that's so lame. 
and she is not a fan of wrestling by any stretch of the imagination. But, you know, I was all I could do was sit there and go, yeah, yeah, he looks stupid. I mean, why they keep on giving Brian Cage this stupid strap-on arm and the stupid strap-on robot eye. I mean, his music starts with the Terminator theme. Leave it at that. Or let him walk out and do his I'm a fucking machine scream. That's good. I like that. I was kind of disappointed he didn't do that during the match. I'm a big fan of when he gets beaten down and beaten down and beaten down and then comes back with something like a discus clothesline and just screams at his opponent, I'm a fucking machine. It's good. It works. Um, okay. I'm going to do a short... Uh, I'm going to do a short and not comprehensive uh, review of Rebellion, the TNA Impact pay-per-view. Um, so it started off with Ace Austin, who I very nearly called Austin Aries, uh, Eddie Edwards, P.T. Williams, Cousin Jake, I think his name is. I don't care, it's one of the Deaners. Uh, Jake Christ and Aiden Prince. I really like this match. I mean, I know they do this a lot. I know they open with six-man matches a lot. But, I mean, it was really good. It was a nice, fast-paced match. I had a mention that one of these people could become the X-Division champion. I really hope so, because this was an excellent demonstration of what the X-Division can be. You've got guys the size of Eddie Edwards and Cousin Jake. I think that was his name. I don't know. I really want to call him Cousin Luke. Uh, but, anyway. But you've got big guys with guys the size of Ace Austin and Jake Christ. And it was good. Ace Austin is looking better and better every week. I mean, when he first started, he looks a bit unsure, a bit nervous, a bit like the enhancement talent they get occasionally. Um, he looked pretty confident. Uh, I thought that the finish was beautiful. Um, I thought the finish was just beautiful. I think it was one of the best finishes I've seen in a six-way match. And I'm not a particularly big fan of six-way matches. Um... Cousin Jake, they should just make him a singles wrestler. He is being wasted in a comedy tag team. I mean, he... Make him someone like Harper that is just a monster that goes out and hurts people. Um, so yeah, do that. And then we followed that up with Scarlet Bordeaux versus Rohit Raju. Um... That was nice that they'd set it up with Impact Management have made this match after Impact Management nearly hi uh, fired Rohit Raju first, slating Scarlet Bordeaux. And I'm guessing that was one for us dirty marks. Um, he 
Let's see. Let's see. Um, I really liked this match. Um, I personally think, though, and I said this last week, bold booking for this match would have been for him to win. And I know people are going to have a problem with that, but hear me out on this. What I would have done is I would have had him win the match. And I would have had Scott Demore come out. Well, actually, I would have had him win the match and then be all over Twitter talking about how women can't wrestle, how they should be at home. Like, way turned up to 15, not 11. Go all out. And then have Scott Demore come out and absolutely slate the guy, tell him he can't speak like that. And that he's going to book, uh, he's going to book another match, a rematch, and then have him, and then have Scarlett Bordeaux go over, and you just have a medium-length fifty-fifty feud where they're going backward and forward trading wins. With the point being that men and women can wrestle equally as well as each other, that you wrestle to a draw. And I think that would get the point across. I mean, that is the point of this women's revolution, isn't it? That men and women are equally as good as each other at wrestling. So why not make that a thing? Why not make it that no one is getting the edge over the other? And you start that off with Rohit Raju getting the win over Scarlett Bordeaux. Because you can't start it the other way. Because otherwise... You kind of need to make, I think if you're going to start a feud like that, you need to have the guy go over and then be a prick about it. Because otherwise it's, and you could do it with Scarlet Bordeaux being, I beat a man, I beat a man, and then him being a prick about it, and then you have a feud. But I just think it's easier, because you're going to want heat on him. So... You get the heat on him by winning, and then you get more heat on him, like nuclear white-hot heat, on him by being a prick on social media about it. I mean, it's cheap heat for a little bit, but... Um, I didn't like the dirty finish of the match, though. I mean, like I said, the whole thing with this is supposed to be that women are as good wrestlers as men. She had to get Falabar to interfere and then hit him with a low blow. And you see this in old school WWE intergender matches. It made her look weak. If instead of that you'd got her to hit the finisher, which looked sick by the way, but like he goes in for a clothesline, a discus clothesline maybe, and she ducks it and while he's still like, whoa. Then she hits that fin, grabs him and hits that finisher. That would have made her look way stronger because her having to hit him with a low blow so that she can set him up for the finisher, that just made her look weak. Um, See, so yeah, that's me. I'm sure I'm going to get hate for this. Um, 
But, I mean, I'm a huge fan of uh, the women's division. Um, and I'll, I am going to speak about the women's division later. Uh, so, up next was Moose and the North versus the Rascals. Before this match started, I put in my notes, please let this be the end of this feud. Because um, I am so sick of the Rascals and Moose. Uh, to be honest, I'm sick of Moose. I mean, I don't know what the hell he is supposed to be still. Um, they did a recap. They did a recap, and I still don't understand what the hell he's supposed to be. If he's supposed to be some kind of a playboy. If he's supposed to be some kind of a... I don't know. I don't know. I don't get him. I don't understand what he's supposed to be. Um, so, I'm already a fan of the North. Um, I am not a fan of Josh Alexander's headgear, because it looks to me like he's wearing massive headphones. Um, and I'm a fan of the Rascals as singles wrestlers, um, not as a team particularly. I don't think they're great. The, I, they came out wearing Rascals 420 shirts. I mean, Jesus Christ, hasn't the whole stoner tag team thing been done to death in the 90s? Um, but, it was an incredible match for the Rascals and the North. Um, not so much for Moose. I was not loving Moose because he seemed to forget he was in a match, really, and kind of let the North and uh, the Rascals go at it for a lot of the time um, which was fine by me I am all over the Rascals and the North feuding with each other as long as Moose fucks off um, my other thoughts on this while I was watching the matches this feud is not ending is it for fuck's sake um, the only positive would be more three-on-three -three matches with the Rascals and the North and Moose, with Moose not really being involved that much. Maybe occasionally tagging in and throwing the guys around, but nowhere near as skillfully or well-executedly as the North were doing. Um... And I would also like to see the North turn heel, turn on Moose, but stay heel. Which I think they so, could so do. Um, it wouldn't be difficult to, like, take out Moose. And then, like, have the Rascals be like, Oh, oh, that's so cool. Oh, you guys are awesome. Ah, la, 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 la. And then they just take out the Rascals as well. So they're like, yeah, we're not faces now. That was not a face turn. Uh, okay, so moving on from that, uh, there was Jordan Grace and Taya Valkyrie. Um, I've been a big fan of Jordan Grace since before Impact. Um, and I still don't get Taya's gimmick. I mean, I know that she is calling back to her Lucha Underground and AAA 
gimmicks. Um, however, my wife grew up watching AAA because my wife is from Central America. And she saw Taya Valkyrie doing her Wera Loca thing and went, oh my god, that is so lame. And, I mean, this is someone who's grown up watching uh, Mexican promotions and she doesn't think Taya Valkyrie is selling it as Wera Loca. I fucking hated her as her Cersei from Game of Thrones thing. Until I realised I hated her because she was being a damn good heel. And therefore she was doing her job. So, um, she should go back to that instead of this. I don't even know what it is. Like, I'm crazy, but I'm a hippie. But I'm also like a celebrity. But I'm, and I'm Johnny Impact's wife. But I'm also like my own woman. And we're a loca. Just fuck off back to Mexico. Or Canada. Or anywhere. Um, I mean, this match just showed that Taya Valkyrie is not a good wrestler. I mean, she talks a lot during her matches. She struts around a lot during her matches. Um, the switching pins thing during this match, it just looked wrong. It just, it did not look good. Um, I have seen that switching pins thing done so much better by so many other people and for a while they were just rocking backwards and forwards on top of each other in the middle of the ring which just looked horrible um and i know people are going to say i'm biased but the wrong person won this match um and it's not because i'm a jordan grace fan it's because Taya Valkyrie looked shit in that match. Um, she just looked awful. I mean, I know Jordan Grace botched her Grace driver, but she, uh, she, she looked strong during that match. And there were times where Jordan Grace was selling moves that didn't come fucking close to connecting. They were miles off. Um, and also, I have a big problem with them not selling the Muscle Buster. Um, I'm going to talk about this in the, about the other women's match as well. But, Taya Valkyrie kicked out of the Muscle Buster. And I know that is not Jordan Grace's finishing move. I know, if anything, it's her signature move, and so you can kick out of that. But fucking no. The muscle buster, especially the way it is done from a muscle buster into a suplex, looks like it would kill you. And they should sell it like that. But they didn't. They sold it that Tyre Valkyrie kicked out of it and then went on to win the match. I mean, I will even forgive them not selling, I will forgive Ty Valkyrie not selling the Grace Driver because it was botched and it was really clearly botched and you can pass that off as 
oh, but she hurt her arm so she couldn't do it properly. That's fine. I have no problem with that. But and that muscle buster was well executed. And it looked painful. Um, but not selling it also made Jordan Grace look weak. And we now know all you have to do to beat Jordan Grace is take out her arm. So all you have to do is attack her with a steel pole before the match out the back because that's legal apparently in Impact right now. Um, so you do that and then you can beat her really really easily. Um, it was a good match. I liked it. I enjoyed it. Um, but it just shows Jordan Grace showed up how bad Taya Valkyrie is because Jordan Grace is not a veteran wrestler. She is a good wrestler and she can make her wrestling look good but she has not got the experience to make someone who is not good look good like somebody like Rosemary who made her look good or someone like Gail Kim, who made her look good. You know, these veterans made Taya Valkyrie look good. I mean, Sue Young made her look good. Um, all these people she's had matches with. Uh, Tessa Blanchard, she's not experienced. She's, what, 25, I think? 23, 25? She made Taya Valkyrie look good. But then she's Tully Blanchard's daughter. So she may not have the experience, but she's got the wisdom of a veteran for how to make somebody else look good in the ring. Which I'm guessing happened. Because Jordan Grace couldn't make Tyre look good. And it was all on Tyre, as far as I'm concerned. Okay, so I may be missing out some matches because I stopped making notes. But... Um, the Tessa Blanchard-Gail Kim match, I really enjoyed that. Um, I thought it was good. I really... Uh, the thing I didn't like about it, and it goes back to what I've just been saying, is that they didn't sell the Muscle Buster. Uh, they didn't sell the Eat Defeat. And that Tessa Blanchard kicked out of the Eat Defeat. And I have a problem with this. Because, and it's a really, really simple problem. If you kick out of somebody else's finisher, they shouldn't be able to beat you. And I know that Gail Kim lost, but their finisher should finish a match. Therefore, if you hit the finisher, that should be it. It should be over. Um, you can block it, reverse it, whatever. Um, roll out the ring. But the finisher should finish the match. You should not be able to kick out of it. And I'm always really disappointed when people kick out of a finisher. Because you're devaluing that person. You're devaluing that wrestler's finishing move. Um, that like, oh, that's your finisher. Well, it's not enough to finish me. So they can never beat that person. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan of not selling finishers. Um, but it was good. I was a little shocked that Tessa Blanchard beat Gail Kim. I loved the ending. I was, uh, I was, it was perfect. 
Um, it was beautiful to see Tessa Blanchard just break character and hug Gail and smile and thank her and bow. And I know she's going to be on Impact. Um, I've already one episode behind. But I know that she's going to be on Impact. Like, I beat Kim. I taught her a lesson. I don't need to respect anyone. Yeah, you did at the end of that. You clearly did. Unless they... The only thing I can think is they're going to turn her face. Um, which could be good. But I really... I don't know how face Tessa Blanchard would work. Because I really like her as the entitled bitch. And I don't like the entitled gimmick. I, I hate the entitled gimmick. But I really like Tessa Blanchard as the entitled bitch. Um, so yeah. And then we had uh, Brian Cage versus Johnny Impact. Um, which I really liked. Um, I am missing out... Uh, I, no, it was not uh, Johnny Impact versus Brian Cage. There was Sammy Callahan versus Rich Swan. Oh my God, that I loved that match. Um, I didn't love it that Rich Swan won. I'm guessing it brings that to a natural conclusion now. Um, I'm guessing that that's the end of their feud. The Swan has now finally beaten Callahan. Um, but yeah, Mike, that was an epic match. And I mean, that look at the end to camera from Rich Swan of like, you know, he, like, I've been there and I've seen some shit, man. I mean, that was great. I mean, he looked like a, he looked like he was mentally scarred from that. So. Yeah, I, I really, really enjoyed it. I I thought it was a great match. Um, I kind of hope that feud's over now. Um, I wouldn't mind. I don't know where you're going to go with it though. I don't know who you're going to have to have OVE fighting someone else. Uh, maybe the North. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe the New Age Bushwhackers. I don't know. The Deaners. Um, yeah. So yeah, that was a great match. I loved that match. Um, and another great match for... The other great match for me was the main event of LAX versus... Um, LAX versus the Lucha Brothers. I had a brain fart there for a moment. Um, yeah, that was epic. Um, you knew that was going to be a good match, though. I mean, LAX and the Lucha Brothers, they just leave it all out in the ring. You just, it, you know it's going to be a good match. I mean, there's some teams that you're like, I hope this is good. I mean, you see Sammy Callahan in a hardcore match, you're like, this is probably going to be good. I mean, after seeing his match against Pentagon Jr., I, you hope there's going to be a really good hardcore match. Um, but LAX and the Lucha Brothers, they just just let them feud forever. 
I mean, I, I'm not a fan of long feuds, but just let them fight until they're both dead. All four of them are dead. Um, because they, they have been putting on barnstormers. Um, and if I was them, I, I, this is again, I really, really hope the Lucha Brothers are not going to sign exclusive contracts to AEW. I really hope that they're going to carry on working with Impact. Um, because they have been great and they will be a huge loss to Impact if they go exclusively to AEW. Um, you're going to have to... I don't know who you're going to replace them with. You're going to need to get another team in. Probably. But, um... And then we had the main event of Brian Cage and... Johnny Impact, which I liked it. It was good. There was a lot of bullshit, though. I mean, this is one of the matches my wife watched with me, and she was sitting there saying how she hates managers, and normally I disagree with that, because I think managers are important. I think they're great. I loved it in the 80s when the 80s and 90s, where everybody had a manager. You had, like, Mr. Fuji, Bobby the Brain Heenan, um, Jimmy Hart, all these guys, the genius, and it was fantastic. I loved it. Um, and now you've got hardly anyone, so I'm loving that Johnny Impact has got uh, Johnny Bravo. Oh, please, Impact, change his name. I know it's his real name, but dear God alive, please change his name to something else. Because so, I just get flashbacks to 90s kids TV whenever I hear Johnny Bravo. I imagine a guy with a square head combing his hair with sunglasses on. They should so do that. They should just get him to comb his hair with sunglasses on. That's all about, uh-huh. That would be epic. Um, anyway, so yeah, and but there was so much shenanigans. I mean, when they set up the table outside and screamed at Lance Storm, "Mind your own damn business!" And you're setting up a table outside the ring, and he's the referee. It is his business. But then, when I mean, I would love someone on screen to explain why the fuck Brian Cage did not get disqualified from that match. Because Taya Valkyrie and Johnny Bravo uh -huh, set up the table and then they were going to put then Johnny Impact was going to put Brian Cage through the table but then Brian Cage put Johnny Impact through the table and then that's fine because wasn't his people who set up the table so that's allowed that's not a DQ why and then when they were beating the crap out of him with all of the foreign objects and kicked the ref out and then Lance Storm's like oh Johnny Impact you are so disqualified and then Brian Cage's like no man I want to finish this and then Lance Storm goes Oh, okay, because that's also a thing. 
you know, like when I didn't disqualify you for using that table that your side didn't set up, that was okay. Well, if you say it shouldn't be a DQ, then that's fine with me. I, fucking hell. Really? Really? Um, so yeah. I mean, and then you had the run-in at the end and the powerbomb and that was fine. I thought it was Ryback when he made his entrance. I was like, is that Ryback? And then it wasn't until they did close-ups and I was like, no, that's not Ryback. Even though it really looks like him. Um, but yeah. All I can say is, I really, 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 really hope that they are not just going to fill Impact's roster with big guys. Because you've got the Deaners, who are both big. You have got this new guy, who I cannot remember his name. They're big. Uh, he is big. You have got All Ego Ethan Page, who is a big boy too. And, you know, I just... One thing I like about Impact is that you have got all different kinds of sizes of guys winning championships. I mean, you know, you've got Rich Swan, who is arguably a contender for the Impact Championship. Um, you've had guys like Austin Aries, who, okay, he's a little big, a little bit big, I mean, he was one of the bigger guys in the X Division, but he's not the size of Brian Cage. Um, and he won the World Championship twice. Um, so, yeah, I really like... I mean, you could have... Okay, not against Brian Cage, but you could have a guy the size of Ace Austin winning the championship, and no one would think that was weird. Because in Impact, it doesn't matter about your size, it matters about your technical ability. Um, whereas I don't think you really get that in WWE. It's kind of like, whoever's the biggest monster wins. And Brock Lesnar's always the biggest monster. And apart from when he's going back to UFC, so you need to drop the title to Seth Rollins. But that's okay. Um, so yeah, um, I was going to do a preview of the Code Red pay-per-view, um, you know what, I think I still will. Um, so we've got Johnny Impact and Ty Valkyrie versus Eddie Edwards and Alicia Edwards, which sounds alright. I mean, I've seen Alicia Edwards matches and they're okay, they're watchable. I mean, it could be a clusterfuck against Tyre, because, as I said, Tyre is not a good female wrestler. Um, hopefully it will revolve around Johnny versus Eddie. That'd be good. That'd be a good feud to take back into Impact. I mean, have Eddie Edwards as the... Have Eddie Edwards fighting towards the Impact Championship again. That'd be great. Um, LAX versus OVE versus the New York Wrecking Crew. Um, I've never heard of the New York Wrecking Crew. Um, I don't know anything about them. Uh, LAX and OVE, they had some terrific matches. 
that could be great. Um, yeah, I mean, if it's a no DQ match, then you're going to be in for a barnstormer. To be honest, even if it's not a non-DQ match, it's going to be really good. Um, yeah, really looking forward to that match. Uh, Rich Swan versus Ace Austin versus Trey from the Rascals versus Smiley versus Evander James versus Mantakia. Um, which is... Okay, I need to say, Mantakia sounds hilarious to me because... Um, for those who don't know... And I may be off mark here. Um, but Mantakia, because I said my wife is from Central America, she eats Mantakia. And when she came to England, she couldn't find Mantakia. So she put salt with sour cream and said it tastes close enough to Mantakia. So there's a wrestler called Salty Sour Cream. Okay. Um, it's fine. I'm probably going to get hate from people now, but that's okay. Um, this could be a really good match. Ace Austin is great. Rich Swan is great. Trey from the Rascals, he's a good wrestler. The Rascals are good singles wrestlers. I just don't know what happens when they come together as a tag team. It all goes to shit, apparently. Um, I don't know who Smiley is, I don't know who Evander James is, and I don't know who Mantequilla is, although he's nice on a brioche. Um, yeah, this could be a good match. Um, especially if Ace Austin keeps getting better, which he seems to be. And then we've also got the Rascals versus the North, which should also be really good. Um, because the Rascals are doing all their high-flying shit, the North are doing their power shit. They have been put... I, that match was great. I loved that match between Moose and the North and the Rascals. That was great. It's one of my highlights of Rebellion. So, if they put on a match of that calibre, Code Red will be a great pay-per-view. Um, Tessa Blanchard and Violet, who I don't know who she is, versus Scarlett Bordeaux and Sonia Strong, who I don't know who she is. Um, so, I'm, I don't like Scarlett Bordeaux. I don't think she's a good wrestler. I think she's an okay wrestler against guys. Um, yeah. You know, I have not had a holy shit moment with her when I'm like, my God. Which I had with, I I got that from Ivy Lease in her match against Mion Muertes. Um, so yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to watch this just for Tessa. Slapping the shit out of Scarlet Bordeaux, hopefully. And then, lastly, they've announced for the Code Red pay-per-view, Moose versus Ken Broadway. I don't know who Ken Broadway is, and I don't give a fuck about Moose at this point, because he is like... Uh, Moose is like a wrestling Hugh Hefner at this point in time. Like, he's got... He's like a shit version of the Godfather. Like, if you took all the personality out of the Godfather's gimmick and then gave it to someone bigger than the Godfather, who arguably had the charisma to pull it off better than the Godfather, and then just fucking didn't. That's where Moose is right now. 
that rather than coming across as a player, he's just coming off as a bit sad. And, like, he probably needs to go away and have a look at himself. Rather than, you are the fucking man. Which is what you got from the Godfather. Um, okay, so, that is it for this week. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, if you did, and you wanted to give us any feedback, we are on Facebook as the Dirty Mark Podcast. You can email us at the Dirty Mark Podcast at gmail.com. And we will see you next week. Uh, hope you enjoy the Code Red pay-per-view. And I will see you next week. Bye.